Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with George from Boss Mentality CrossFit in Oak Hill, West Virginia. Thank you so much, George, for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having, having me on. Uh, I'm really, I really appreciate it. I'm honored to be on. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. All righty. So let's jump into the details here. How did we get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym? <laughs> well, I guess it all started back in about 2013. Um, is when my wife joined a CrossFit gym that was already in place. Um, and then she got me on board. I joined up probably three months after she did. Um, really kind of fell in love with what all was happening. Um, later on, I, I went on and got my, my level one. Uh, was a, I worked for a gym coach for a while, last several years, uh, was managing that, that uh, CrossFit box. And then um, decided right, right before COVID happened, right before everything, you know, shut everything down. Uh, we started buying equipment for our for our garage. So I resigned uh, as the uh, as a coach at that CrossFit gym, and we started working out in our garage. And then, of course, COVID hit, shut everything down. Right. And we had a core group of people that still continued to work out with us in the garage, and things just started kind of falling into place. We noticed that there was a building that was for sale in town and the gym that I worked for, the box that I worked for did away with their affiliate. And so we started seeing these doors just kind of open and my wife was like, let's, let's take a shot at it. Um, Absolutely. No, we don't do anything that's, that's really putting ourselves out there. We don't take those risks typically. Mm -hmm. um, so it was out of character for us, but it's, it's totally worked for us. That's awesome. All right. So now started in your garage and then you've transitioned to this facility, yeah. which is awesome. You've taken that yeah. next step. Um, so now within the facility, typically CrossFit, we're talking about group classes mostly. Um, mm -hmm. So are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-one training. What does your business model look like? So we, we do have an introductory CrossFit, which is smaller group settings. Um, those classes have been two to three people um, just trying to see what, what movement standards or movements that they know, what movements, or, you know, what, what information or what knowledge are they bringing into CrossFit from other backgrounds, powerlifting or, or whatever it may be. Uh, but, but those settings are just small group settings to see what they know and kind of get them accustomed to the, uh, the terminology and accustomed to the movements uh, that we do. Mm -hmm. and, and that's about an, that's about an eight class session. Um, okay. Before I, before I turn them loose to the regular, regular classes, our typical class is a, it's a, it's group setting but it's individualized instruction in a group setting. So right. we may have a class of 10 people, uh, varying ages, varying um, abilities, 
And so we'll, we'll custom tailor that workout, whatever the workout of the day is, we'll custom tailor it towards their needs uh, to, to keep everyone in the class at the same intensity level. Mm-hmm. And so, so we'll do that by uh, either scaling the weight. Um, if, if, so if, if we look at a uh, workout and I, I post that uh, uh, suggested weight for that workout is 185 pounds for the men and 135 pounds for the women. And let's just say that it's a deadlift. Well, you may have to do that for 21 reps. Not everyone's going to have the ability to do that type of weight for that many right. reps. And so we'll, we'll, we'll say, we'll look at them and say, hey, look, you know, don't feel bad about dropping that weight to 95 pounds. Mm-hmm. You doing 21 reps of uh, 21 deadlift reps at 95 pounds is the same as, as this athlete who's 22 years old, who's, yes. who's fairly advanced. Uh, doing that weight at, at 185 and so their intensity levels stay very similar uh, so we can scale the weight that's an option we can scale the movement um, mm-hmm. still preserving the movement itself so we might take a pull-up and, we, and we'll, we'll do a, a assisted pull-up with a band or we'll do um, maybe a ring row to where they're still getting a pull um, mm-hmm. but it just custom tailors uh, that that movement or that workout towards who's in the class Right. So it is group, group fitness in a group or group set, a group setting with individual instruction. Yeah. So it it varies depending on the person. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So being able to provide almost one-on-one training, but in a group setting, it's kind of like the best of both worlds because a lot of times those, those one-on-one sessions get a little bit boring, you know, sometimes for everybody. Um, And it's good to have that energy of other people around you working hard and everybody kind of feeds off of each other. But again, going back to what you said, being able to adjust things accordingly based on who's in your class, that's huge to be able to tailor the programming for everyone specifically. So uh, now within your membership base, how many clients are you currently serving? Okay, so right now we have uh, 33 members. Um, and we have four active coaches. Um, okay. The way we structure those is the coaches are, are, are not really considered members. Their, their membership is comp uh, for their coaching. Um, mm-hmm. That's part of the, the, the package that we use. Uh, so I guess you could say 37, 33 paying uh, clients and 30, 37 total. Got it. Okay. And You've been open for about a year now, so still on the newer side of things. So what does your marketing side look like? How are you getting eyes on the business and what it is that you do? How are you acquiring new members? So we, we have a presence in social media, uh, which is, is helpful. You know, mm-hmm. uh, folks will, will get on there and, and kind of see what's going on especially if they're if they're curious we also have a website um that website showcases our pictures of events that we host um workouts that we may have um word of mouth i mean a lot of times the word of mouth gets out there uh i've made sure that we have uh our 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 website is is linked uh with google so we we have that that google uh link on that as well and right now (laughs) we have a five-star rating so that that's helpful you know there's some people especially 
folks that are traveling through uh, or that uh, that really uh, are, are looking for us on, online. It's, it's nice to see that five-star rating. So that's good. Um, but we're really, and, oh, and, and one other thing is we have a good outdoor space. We have a good outdoor area so that uh, mm -hmm. we can do workouts when the weather's nice outside and, and people that are driving by or people that are walking through town, they stop by because they're curious to see what's going on. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, out yeah absolutely. it's out of the ordinary to see people outside flipping big tires, you know, so. Right. Right. Yeah, curious. absolutely. What is happening over there? Um, <laughs> right. So, so you're not doing any type of like paid, paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, any of that? No, none of that. Uh, okay. None of that yet. No. But we Got do it. have okay. one of the things that CrossFit offers is that uh, we're on their website. So uh, if someone were to, to look at on their own CrossFit's website, if, if they can, they can search by area, they'll look at our area and see that, uh, that we're the only CrossFit facility, the only CrossFit box in Fayette County. Um, then the directions are there so they, they can come, they can come find us. Okay. So now on the paid advertising side of things. So not something that you're doing yet. Is that something that you're looking into uh, doing or starting at some point soon? Yeah, or? possibly so. I mean, I would like to, to do that, um, to, to try to help things out a little bit. Uh, right now, we, we've got, uh, we do have that, that good group um, that, we're, that we're servicing. We've got, uh, like I mentioned before, the, the social media uh, presence and it's helping and and as and as the membership base will continue to grow it's definitely something we would look into in the future okay yeah absolutely that can be a, a huge game changer within the business initially a lot of times it's like being the the new place in town people want to come in they want to <laughs> check it out um word of mouth fantastic referrals great eventually that stuff slows down a right. little bit Sometimes it stops. Uh, so if you can have multiple poles in the water to constantly kind of get the word out there and, and see new faces and grow, then obviously that puts you in the best position. Now, before we hopped on the podcast, we were talking about um, you and your wife having other jobs as well as running the facility. Yeah. So that's a lot. How are you kind of balancing that? And is there a point of growth that you think that you could get to where you would both be able to step away from those jobs and, and use the gym as your full-time jobs? Yeah. I mean, we, we know what, we know what we need as far as member membership. Um, yeah. In order for us to both quit. That's, and that's a large number. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, I'm not sure that the area would support that. Our, our area uh, isn't like um, some of the bigger cities where people are walking away from their jobs and using that as a uh, as a full time position. Um, that would be great. That definitely would be great. Um, but no, at the at the current time, uh, what we're doing, um, it, it's one of those one of those things that we wanted to do. We just wanted to own a gym. We we knew that uh, we knew that it would be successful if done right, um, and we felt like we could do it right. You know, we felt like we could have a, a clean facility that people felt comfortable in, a safe facility that, that is free of clutter, that's not gonna, you know, so not where someone's gonna get injured um, and a place that 
that they could come and just kind of let loose for a little while. Um, whether they're using the workouts as stress relief or growth or weight loss or whatever their goals are. So we, we knew that we wanted to have a place and we knew we had our goal in mind as far as how to get there. Uh, but we also knew that we, we needed our, our, both of our other jobs to help support yeah. mm -hmm. the things that we have, you know, uh, on our own. We do have numbers in mind. We know, we know what our, our goal number would be for, to, for me to step away from my job or for her to, or, or for certain things to happen. Um, and I think it would, it's going to take a little bit of growth. I mean, it, it is a goal for us. Uh, it'd be, it'd be something great actually, if we could do this full time and, and offer classes throughout the day, specialized classes. Um, I, I would love to at some point say, Hey, look, this is a, this is a high school athletics class, right? This is right. we're catered to these high school athletes. We're going to do a, a CrossFit kids group. Uh, and this is their hour. This is their block. And then we'll have a block for, uh, you know, these different folks that can only make it at eight o'clock in the morning or, or 10 o'clock in the morning. Right. Mm -hmm. That's definitely our goal in the, in the long range, in the long range. Uh, but we've, we've ran into some hurdles again. It, it's, it's our side gig right now. You know, unfortunately yeah. we would love to be able to make it our priority. Uh, we do put a, a ton of time in it. Um, mm -hmm. but, but right now it's, it's, uh, it's still in the growing phase. And, and one of the hurdles mm -hmm. that we've had is, is coaches recruitment, not only athlete recruitment, but coaches recruitment, uh, getting people to, to go through the, the certification through CrossFit and to get them on board with coaching with us. Um, we're working through those. CrossFit's helping us out a little bit. There's, there's things in the works that, that they're doing to, to try to help. Mm -hmm. um, I think we'll eventually get to where we want, where my, where my wife and I can hopefully step away. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That would be amazing to be able to both be fully full time employed by the facility. And not have to worry about uh, working other jobs and then trying to balance the two. And it gets to be a lot. I mean, being a gym yeah. owner in and of itself, it's it's a lot. You know, there's a, a lot of hats that you have to wear. There are a lot of things that you have to pay attention to. You constantly got to keep your eye on things. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people get caught up working in the business and not on the business. But then if you're yeah. also working another job, and then working in the business as well, it's it makes it even harder to focus on the business. But yeah. it's like that's the necessary thing to to get to the next step to allow you to get out of that job yeah. and fully into the gym. So it's a it's a tough tough balance there. Yeah, it's tough. And and you know you you talk about wearing different hats and and you know it's it when you're the when you're the owner. Um, you are, you are the, the maintenance crew. You are the, the coaches, you know, my yeah. wife and I, we both coach classes in the evenings. Um, you know, we, we have other coaches that, that, that help us out during the day and, and, and kind of help us out when we're gone, mm -hmm. but it has put us in a, in a more of a position where we can't just take off for the weekend and go because yeah. we, have class, we have classes scheduled and we are those, we, we have to be there for that. Um, so when we plan our vacation, we've got to look at it in advance and say, all right, we got to have someone here, here and here because we have paying members for us. Right. To is not giving them what they are paying for. 
And so we, we've got to make sure that we keep it open. But yeah, so so we're everything. You know, we're the ones who, who come in and change light bulbs. We're the ones who shovel snow whenever it's whenever it's uh, right. nasty out. We're mopping yeah. the floor. You know, it, it's um, we're, we're doing it all um, with some help. And and our members do a great job uh, cleaning up their equipment after after the workouts and, and wiping mm-hmm. things down. Um, and again, that's that's one of those things that we wanted to make sure we we had is a clean place. Yes, and it's, it's, 100%. Something, it's something that, that especially now people want. Uh, they could right. probably have overlooked it three or four years ago, but now yeah. with COVID and people are more aware of things not being, being clean and, and they want to smell it. They want to smell clean. Like it, when you walk in the yeah. place, it needs to be, it needs to be safe for them. <laughs> Like a, like a slap in the face with Lysol when you walk in the, in the gym. Right. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually a slap in the face of Fabuloso. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's Even what better. I always used to use, too, because it smells good. Oh, it's got a great smell to it. Yeah. yeah. So, so we, use that. We, we have found, we, we figured out what has worked best uh, for disinfectants on the floor and then what's worked best for our bars and, right. and some of the metal equipment and um, what hasn't quite worked. And... <laughs> Clorox wipe will cause your equipment to rust. So yes. stay away from that. Yes. <laughs> There's gym owners out there. Stay away from that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it's tough because you didn't get into business to give yourself less freedom or less time or not make money or, you know, all of these things that kind of come into play. And it's like, you, you start the business because you're passionate about what you do. You want to help people. But ideally, if we can get into a situation where we can love what we do and help as many people as possible, but then also make a good living and then also have some freedom as well, you know, not be super tied down by the facility because that tends to happen as well. It becomes your entire life. Like I was in the facility 16, 18 hours a day, some days, just, it completely consumed your life. And then it's like, you have, there is nothing else outside of that. Um, So definitely a a tough balance to find there, but then also something else that I wanted to touch on as far as growth goes. So there are a couple of ways to grow one, obviously acquiring new members, getting new people in the door, growing the membership in that way, but then also growing within the membership that you already have in the facility. So offering other levels of service, um, obviously that leads to being able to charge a higher rate, get better results for your clients, your members. So are there any other services that you are offering to your members within the facility, whether that be nutrition or uh, accountability or any additional classes or services at all? No, I mean a lot of that comes with our with our standard rate. I mean we 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 do talk talk to our members about goals and and yep. which way they want to go. And it, it's it's good to hear that everyone has something different. You know, some people want to yeah. lose weight, some people want to gain weight. Um, some people just want to be stronger. They want to uh, make their uh, they make themselves uh, better at. Uh, other things that they do and we have we have members who just want to be better rock climbers so they come in here and they make themselves stronger mm-hmm. um, and so they want to be a you know just better at what they do and we've got people that do half marathons and things and 
And so it's good, you know, we, 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 we do those goals with them. Uh, we talk to them regularly. Uh, the accountability uh, is kind of with that group setting. Okay. Um, now we do have, uh, I've, I've, our morning coach will actually FaceTime people when they're on vacation and make sure that they're up doing stuff. That's <laughs> awesome. In, you know, so, so the, that accountability piece is there, um, you know, and those are things that are just, just wrapped up in that initial, uh, that yeah. initial uh, it's not anything extra. And we talked to, you know, we talked to our members about nutrition, um, things to avoid, but you're looking at, uh, you know, just not any upsells with that, you know, nothing that's anything additional. Got it. Okay. Is that something that you would consider doing in the future, like as a separate yeah. program or? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is something that I would like to do for sure. Yeah, um, we're looking at like specialized programming too. Um, mm -hmm. We've we've talked about adding Olympic lifting classes where it's something that's outside of the regular class and and adding mm -hmm. on with you know adding additional members with that. Um, I don't know. We'll, that is definitely something for like you mentioned that internal growth. I think that's something with again yeah. those that we already have. Uh, just providing a little bit more. Yeah, right. Exactly. Putting a, a specific system in place for that is just yeah. kind of something that you offer right now, but it could be more streamlined and you could potentially charge more for that in the future mm -hmm. and provide a, another program, another level of service for the clients that you have and grow internally and externally at the same time. So right. that's always something that a lot of gym owners kind of overlook. You know, it's like the people that have already paid you once are more likely to pay you again than anybody else. So right. um, that can provide growth as well. Sure. So what would you say is your number one focus within the business for 2022? What are you really focusing on? Where are you looking to go? What does the, the new year look like for you? Well, we, we have, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do for this year has already started. Uh, we, we added an additional class. Um, we're, I'm, I would like to add additional coaches. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd like to try to, try to get two more. Uh, unfortunately, we're, we're going to lose one this year. Uh, and I applaud what he's doing. I support it totally. He's, he's going to start med school, which is pretty awesome. Awesome. So we're going to lose him. Uh, I like to say temporarily, maybe he'll be back, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to add new coaches. Um, and, and that's one of those things that I had uh, a conversation with, uh, with our regional, uh, regional director with, with CrossFit uh, earlier this week is coaches recruiting. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't, the trend has been for uh, CrossFit gyms, or CrossFit boxes to do away with their affiliate they'll keep their name, whatever their name is. Yes. And they'll just add fitness to it. And then yeah. they don't pay the affiliate fee. They don't have to pay, uh, their, their coaches don't have to pay for the, the class, for the, for the licensing. So right. that's kind of tough. I mean, you know, for, for folks to pay out of pocket a thousand dollars to, to take their level one is, is tough. Yeah. Um, you know, if I come to you and say, Hey, look, I want you to coach for me. Uh, and this is what it's going to take. You have to go pay a thousand dollars for this class. It's kind of mm -hmm. tough. So, so I've talked with them uh, a little bit about uh, recruiting coaches and maybe trying to help with that. Uh, we're willing to help uh, as well, uh, but again, we're we're still in that in that 
growth phase where we're we're still looking at June uh, as being our one year uh, being right. open. So you know we're still you know, we're still paying equipment off. We're still paying uh, other things. You know our affiliate fee just come come up again in February. So um, I think once we start getting some more some more revenue generated, it's going we'll be able to offset that cost a little bit more for coaches. Yeah. But uh, we do want to add coaches. Um, we we want to expand our our building already. We, we've had uh, talks of adding another garage door, uh, utilizing another outdoor area that we have. That's mm-hmm. something that I definitely want to do, um, without a doubt. Want to do that? Yeah. Uh, because we can add more equipment out there. Uh, mm-hmm. An outdoor pull-up rig, an outdoor rig out there would be nice that would again be something that people could see and say what is happening over there so those are definitely some things that we want to do we'll see how it goes yeah it's just the it's just how we're gonna get there right um so i mean yeah sometimes that and we've sometimes that stuff uh unfortunately we've had to pay out of pocket to make happen and yeah just because the business does not have it right now. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, most gyms are not profitable until year five. Yeah. And a lot of times don't survive past year three. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a challenge, especially in the beginning, getting the right systems in place for sustainable growth. Um, you know, making sure you've got everything kind of lined up and and queued up to actually set yourself up to be to one be able to survive and then two to actually make a profit at one point or another uh so that's that's kind of uh the challenge there that everybody is facing but i mean if you can initially get a good system in place to get people in the door typically once people come in the door it's like most people don't or maybe they just don't admit it to me, but um, don't have a problem with the conversion piece as far as once people come in the door, actually getting them signed up for a membership. And then on the other side of that, retention. Yeah. It's like usually people stick around, especially in CrossFit boxes, because it's so heavy on community. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they come in, they become a part of the community. They're sticking right. around for a while. So it's not really too much of an issue, but it's usually just that initial piece of actually letting people know you're there, what you're about and getting them to raise their hand and say, hey, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Um, so typically that's the challenge. It is. I think if we look if I were to look through my through my books now, I, I want to say we were looking at. Uh, you were talking about member turnover. I think that we've had almost sixty memberships, uh, and we're you know we're down to you know we've lost those. So it seems like every time we wow. gain two, we lose two. So yeah. Uh, and, and again, those are those are not people that just didn't want to do it anymore. They're they've moved away or they're yeah. they're. Seasonal. Um, you know, this, this area is a seasonal area with, with, uh, people moving into work for the mm-hmm. summer, they'll be a member for a little while and then they go back home. So right. those as well, but the core group that we have now, um, I don't, I don't think there's anyone there that, that I could say is, is has their foot in the door to leave here. You know, I think they're going right. to stay, like you said, they're, they're part of, they're part of the community, they're part of what we do. They're part of the events that we host, uh, mm-hmm. whether they're 
Armour from Memorial Day or if it's uh, uh, Barbells for Boobs or any of these uh, events that we have, you know, they're a part of it. Right. Uh, and and it's, it is that accountability piece that we were talking about earlier where, you know, we're looking around, well, this is a 4.30 class and where's such and such? You know? Yes. And so you're texting them after like, hey, look, I missed you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I both will reach out to people that we don't see you know, for a couple workouts, we'll say, hey, how, are you? how are you? What's going on? Right. Um, and they, again, I don't, I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they appreciate that accountability, uh, that mm-hmm. just um, seeing how they're doing. And they continue to come back and, and hopefully, hopefully we'll keep them and mm-hmm. uh, grow more. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you mentioned that piece about, um, you know, where your membership was, where it is now. And that just happening because of changes in people's lives or, you know, they're moving, they get a new job, whatever it is, because I think sometimes people don't like, don't count that as turnover. You know, it's like, well, we didn't lose them. They moved or because they don't want to think that they don't have a high retention rate, but it's like everything plays into that. And sometimes it's just so important to, constantly have a flow of leads coming in the door because it doesn't matter, you know, how great the service is or, you know, the community or the client base that you have, there's always somebody leaving at some point for some reason, you know? Uh So it's like, it's important to be able to constantly feed the business to make sure that you can sustain the foundation and then be profitable you know it's like we didn't get into the business to not be profitable and so many times it's like a lot of a lot of people base it on the community well it's like I just I want to have a good community I want to grow the community of course you do that's why you started but you did you also didn't start because you didn't want to make money you know so kind of getting past that and, and realizing and obviously you're not there which I I appreciate but um you know some of the listeners out there if you're kind of stuck in that mindset and, and not really willing to put yourself out there and, and get more people in the door, then you're going to kind of remain where you are, you know, and, and sometimes be in a worse position because people do leave, whether we like to admit it or not for one reason or the other. So super important to be able to feed the business. Yeah. And you know, one thing about it is, is that I'm not the, the greatest with, with money and, and handling things. That's definitely one percent my wife. She's the numbers person. Yeah. And every time I'm like, hey, look, it sure would be nice to have some new bars. She's like, no, we can't. Yeah. But without a doubt, I, if, if, if she were on this call, uh, if she was here with us, she would probably be able to say, and I would say she probably has it down to the number of years before it's like, okay, this is when our equipment would be yeah. totally cool. This yes. is when the building will be totally paid for. So when we walked, when we came into this, we decided that we weren't going to lease. If we were going to be all in, or if we were going to do this, it was going to be all in. We own the building, we own the equipment. No, we're not. And so that's that's really kind of what we did. And so um, we don't owe. I mean, like everything here, we we own. Right. If we pay payments on. You know, it's, it's finance, but um, I know that she has a uh, an end game as far as when it's going to be taken care of. If things if things stay the same, I'm sure she can adjust that if it if it continues to grow. Mm-hmm. But 
without a doubt, there will be a time where it's profitable for us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you that number. I know she would, she'd be able to, <laughs> but, uh, but I, think, I think it will. And, and, you know, again, you know, going back to, I, I don't like, I don't like, I didn't never like the idea of having a lease agreement with someone. Yeah. Awesome. I have all these members and then all of a sudden they want to go a different route with the building and guess what? You're out um, at the end of your contract if they decide to do right. something. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I like the idea of, you know, this is, this is our space. Right. Yeah. So it's in your control. It's in our, which is our nice. total control. Yeah. But there, but with that, there are some things that you don't take into account. You know, we, since we own it, you know, we have to have the insurance on the, on the building, yeah. mm -hmm. not, not only the, uh, the liability insurance, but we also have to have the insurance on the building itself, contents and, mm -hmm. and we pay the taxes on the building. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, those are things that are kind of hidden that you don't think about, but they yes. do cut into your budget. You definitely cut mm -hmm. into your budget. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of those hidden things that kind of come up along the way and you're like, oh, right. Yeah. yeah I didn't really in, my do mind, that. in my mind, we're like, oh, I, I think we can do this with this amount of money. And my wife will look at me and say, no, it's not. It's going yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I, I'm not, that's numbers aren't my thing, you know, and then right. but, but there are, and she knows those hidden, those hidden things that are in there, those hidden costs. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. Good to have that balance because a lot of times gym owners aren't necessarily numbers people and don't always look at those things and kind of jump in thinking like, right. oh yeah, I got enough. Like we, we yeah. can make this happen. And then it's like, oh shit, we didn't have enough, <laughs> you know? And at that point it's like, oh, maybe a little too late now. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm that person. I'm like, what sales tax? B&O tax? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> I know that. Learn. Right. <laughs> Those lessons you learn along the way that yeah. cost money. Education costs money, right? That's what they say. That's right. So, so when you look at someone and you see someone in a business, you're like, man, they have, they've really, they're killing it, man. They've got to be like rolling in the money. Man, there's a lot of, a lot of things that they're paying out that you don't know about. Um, mm -hmm. and, and starting a business, uh, again, that's, that's, you know, that's the things that you learn. You think, you think, well, we can definitely make it on uh, X amount. This is what we need to survive. We can pay our bills on this many members. Well, I can assure you that that's not enough members. You've got to overestimate that for sure. Yes, hundred percent. Yes, and that overestimate still may not be right, uh, but it's something that that we've learned along the way, and um, and and we're comfortable right now. We're comfortable, mm -hmm. and if things continue the way that they are, I'll, I'll still be happy. Right. If we to grow i'll be even more happy and mm -hmm. and if we ever do get to a point where we can where we can step away from our jobs that would be a total blessing ideal yeah absolutely awesome all righty so we're starting to run short on time here unfortunately but as yeah. we start to wrap up where can the listeners find you on social media okay so we're on instagram um boss mentality crossfit uh, our, our website is bossmentalitycrossfit.com, so you can check on there. But uh, but yeah, definitely uh, stop by, take a look, and uh, browse our pictures and and some of the see some of the events that we've hosted and things that we're doing, uh, and and see some of the things that uh, some of the members that have really been here putting in the work and and uh, having a good time. 
Absolutely. All righty. Perfect. So George from Boss Mentality CrossFit in Oak Hill, West Virginia. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been awesome having you on the show. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Travis, owner of Fifth Ave Fitness in Brooklyn, New York. How are you today, sir? Not bad. Not bad. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here today. We appreciate having you. Let's get into it. Tell us about Fifth Ave Fitness, what your business model is, how you're working in your community to, to help people get healthier. Uh, so Fifth Ave Fitness, uh, we're a boutique personal training studio. So uh, we're not a membership facility in which people uh, you know, pay their monthly dues or sign contracts. We function in a la carte one-on-one sessions uh, with supplementary services of like group fitness classes and health coaching if people want. But really the one-on-one thing is our, is our bread and butter. Okay, so main focus is one-on-one individual coaching, but if somebody wants something a little bit less personalized, maybe a little bit more budget-friendly, they're still coming in and getting coaching. It's just in a larger setting, but nobody's coming in working out on their own in your facility. Right, yeah. We're, we're sort of limited in square, uh, you know, square footage here in Brooklyn, and so it's, it's hard to have... Uh you know, a clientele of a hundred plus people come in and going on their own time when we're trying to, you know, uh, control the space and the culture and the intensity of things best we can. And you offer your services both in person and virtually? Yeah. Yeah. The virtual is a, a newer avenue. It's something we were sort of contemplating and uh, it was, you know, browsing the ins and outs and the pros and cons of it. And then when COVID hit, it was suddenly it was a good impetus to just dive right in and figure it out. Uh, yeah, it was it was a useful thing to help keep us floating. I personally can't say I'm a huge fan of the medium. I think for the sake of one-on-one and trying to be as um, service-centric uh, as possible, I feel like something gets lost there. Uh, so it's a thing we're continuing to offer. We've had clients that have left the city and have stayed with us in a virtual basis because they're awesome people and super loyal. But but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's taken a bit of a sideline now at this point. Understandable, totally. So I think almost everybody will say that there's not really a substitute for the type of, you know, tactile correction and instant observation you can do when you have someone in person. But if it's the difference between somebody being able to get training or not, it's still going to be better than sitting on the couch with a pint of Ben and Jerry's every day. Right. You know, the, the, the general rule of thumb that something is always better than nothing. Uh, but, you know, after, I mean, we've been in business here for about almost coming up on 12 years now. And this is a certain uh, standard of service we've developed over that time that it, it, I'm, I'm aware that I, if I approach a virtual session, I have certain things in mind about what I'd like to accomplish or a certain amount. And uh, I rarely get through like all of that. At most, I'd say it's like two thirds or three fourths of what I wanted to touch on. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's totally, it's, it's almost impossible to really duplicate what you'd like to if you're really passionate about giving a great one-on-one -on -one session, but we do what we can. So I, I, I'm kind of with you on that, on that side of things. I'd much rather coach somebody face-to-face, -face, but you know, in the, in the alternative being nothing, I'll take that. So I want to rewind a little bit and talk about how you got into the business because it was sort of unintentional, you know, came out to New York to pursue a completely different career, but ended up finding a love for fitness and became a, a trainer at, a, at this facility. Um, and then the opportunity came to take it over. So kind of talk us through that a little bit, what your thought process were, what made you think you were ready to take over, what, you know, kind of hesitations you may have had in taking over a fitness business and how it all went down. Uh, yeah. So the, um, the origin story is pretty typical, I guess. I, I moved here to New York uh, about 15 years ago to be an actor, as many people do. I uh, got into that industry in that field for a while, but uh, was over time just dissatisfied with it on multiple levels. And so fell back on a training coaching as a, a side gig, also a pretty common disposition. I uh, actually started teaching Kung Fu originally. I was like a help running a studio down in Sunset Park. And one of the other uh, coaches, uh, instructors there was a personal trainer, thought I'd be good, talked about the flexible hours, the, the you know, I had the right skill set for it and, and demeanor wise. So I got into that. I ended up working here at Fifth Half Fitness as a trainer in about 2012. And uh, yeah, the, the guy who owned the place at that time, he also had a background in both martial arts training and acting. And so that gave us a lot of... Um, parallels as far as uh, work ethic, uh, our ability to sell and interact with people. And so when he started having uh, kids and family and his priority was to, you know, move somewhere cheaper and be closer to family, I'm one of the people he approached about uh, taking over and, and taking on that mantle. And so the, that was uh, probably about it, honestly, a two-year mentorship uh, altogether of him sort of handing the keys off to that. Because while I had a lot of uh, the right qualities and temperaments. I, you know, I like the idea that leadership is not something that's sought after, but like thrust upon. And uh, yeah, he had to really kind of, he took a lot of time talking me through mistakes he made when he first opened up, um, what's worked for him in the past and how he sort of has played with the model over time, things he's tried that really worked out for him and things that didn't, um, ways to create and maintain culture. It was, it was, a, it was a very effective mentorship process. And I, I, I genuinely think that a lot of people that come into these uh, management or ownership positions, uh, there's an element of that that's generally lacking. Absolutely. Yeah. The mentorship is exactly what I was going to say. You think that had some type of translation or influence on from the martial arts background because mentorship is so strong in that aspect? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, so there are some of the big cultural things that I think, I think came from a martial arts background is, um, uh, one, this idea of, of reverence for a space of practice. You know, you walk into most studios or, or dojos or places where they sort of teach traditional martial arts where you have like a, an old school coach who's been doing this for, you know, decades and decades, a good amount of time. There's, it's, it almost feels like a shrine. You know, you, you salute into the floor when you enter on, when you leave the studio, you're done practicing, you, you know, you have your shoes off, you salute and face inwards towards that before you put your shoes on and go home. This idea that this is a place of, practice and that deserves respect that that deserves reverence and like there's a certain um you know uh, quality that, that comes with that uh, not to mention i think a lot of martial arts has this idea of um it's constantly practiced you're never done you know you 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 the this you achieve perfection or try to achieve perfection you never actually get there just through ad nauseum constant repetition and uh 
that that the, the journey is the point. I think that's also a great parallel towards kind of what we do as far as fitness and wellness ha- pat- uh, patterns and stuff like that. Reminds me a little bit of uh, the the Japanese concept of kaizen, hmm. of uh, continuous improvement, things like that. So absolutely, yeah. If you think you're finished, usually, I guess that's time to quit. If you think that that you've stopped improving because it's it's grow or die in a lot of instances. Right. And if you think you're finished, you're probably missing the point. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's not um, one of my favorite newer reads is uh, Simon Sinek's Infinite Game, where he mm. you know he talks about the difference between playing a game or being in something to stay in it and keep doing it versus trying to find this means to an end. And right. I love the the parallel there. Uh, so. Let's talk about how things were, you know, once, once you fully took over, once the reins were, were full in your hand, we're 2016, um, you're, you're there, right? Everything is on you. What systems did you have to develop? What skills did you have to acquire to continue to grow the business and be successful enough to, to be around here, you know, five years later and on the other side of the pandemic? Uh, I was terrified. It was, um, yeah, like as, as extensive as um the, the this process of being being talked through and you know the, the the former owner Andy Fullerton is his name really really awesome guy we're still in touch, uh, but Andy talking about uh, the different financial priorities uh, you know if there is like moments of conflict that clientele of complaints or there's trainers that um, are having behavioral problems even him talking through his whole history of how he dealt with that and how he thinks those situations should be dealt with once it's uh, once it's yours, once it's sort of your name at the bottom of the emails, once it's you that's signing checks and paying rent, like the the stakes are terrifying. It's, um, yeah, I, I was sort of second guessing everything that happened, even though, it, again, this is where I, I attribute a lot of it to mentoring. I knew everything, you know, but it does still take time to learn to trust that you know everything. And ultimately, if it's your facility, if it's your shop, it's your spot, you are the bottom line. You you are the the very the centerpiece of what dictates the culture, the 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 energy of how uh, you know your employees and your clientele alike feel when they walk in. And so ultimately, like you you learn to trust your instincts, and hopefully you've been taught and learned well enough that you that what you know is uh, you know correct. But yeah, I think another thing that uh, along that is I got more and more comfortable is I learned to actually use my clientele as a resource in that way. Anytime there was a shift, something new I was trying out, uh, you know, fitness challenges or a new trainer as I was taking on, I would get immediate feedback from clientele who've been there for years and years. So people that have an invested loyalty that really cared about what the business was and the culture and the energy of it, that if there's something they didn't like or, you know, uh, had to criticize about it, I'd hear about it immediately which, uh, you know, I, I learned to appreciate because, you know, it's, it's people that are saying that because they care, where the, is the, the alternative is if they didn't give, if they didn't care at all, they wouldn't say anything and they'd probably just walk away. You wouldn't get their business anymore. You never know why. So that was a, a resource that I learned to depend upon a good amount and uh, which helped deepen the loyalty too, because then these people suddenly feel like where they have input and they actually have like a say in what happens here, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And, and strong observations. And I'm sure that those things didn't hit you all at once, but as you're in it and, you know, you have interaction after interaction and you have those light bulb moments, they're great, right? Those different inflection points. Right? Oh, this makes total sense. I better pay attention to this because 
it's going to be critical to my business. So right. Yeah. Great. Every time you recognize one of those and, and they don't stop coming ever, which no, is. Yeah. That's, that's the great thing. The longer, the longer you have at it, the more you like it's, you're constantly learning more and more about how to, how to adapt and evolve and like, you know, read the, read the room a little better. Absolutely. So I want to dive in a little bit to the, the main functions of the business, as far as how, how we look at it and, in separating into four and five or four or five pieces. And it really looks like the client journey or how people get and stay into your world. So it, it always starts and ends with some sort of marketing, whether it's word of mouth, referrals, paid advertisements, billboards, giant wacky inflatable tube man. Mm. What things have you tried and what's what's worked best for you and, and what haven't you liked doing as far as getting getting attention on the business? Uh, so, you know, uh, as I mentioned before, we're sort of a limited facility. So I think if, if, if you look at a lot of sort of big box gym setups or traditional gym setups, they're, they're, they sort of look at their over or under as far as like, oh, we have this much square footage. So we need to maximize this many dollars per square foot per hour, per day, or per week. And that's how they're going to sort of have their turnaround. Uh, not really a useful lens when you're, you know, a, a park slope storefront, you know, or 2,500 square feet total. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I found that shotgun advertising, like stuff like, uh, you know, bus ads or billboards, not really the thing we're going after. Like I, I, I tried to be more, um, targeted in that as much as possible. Um, uh, thankfully we're, I'm in a neighborhood, we're a neighborhood where we get a ton of foot traffic right by a big major subway station. So tons of people pass by our storefront day in and day out. We get clientele that come in and they say, oh, I've lived in the neighborhood for years and I've constantly passed by. And it's the first time I'm actually stopping in to have a look at things. Um, referrals are also huge clientele that come in and they have positive experiences. So they get their spouses into it. They get their roommates into it. They tell their friends about it. And so we incentivize that by offering, oh, you, you know, you get a friend who comes in and signs up for a full package. We'll, we'll copy some sessions on the other side of it. We'll, we'll give them a friends and family discount as well. The word of mouth does a lot for that. And it's kind of just steadily grown at a, at a happy rate since then. Uh, I, I'm actually, I don't know, it, I'm in the process of looking to a second location. So perhaps I'll have to deal with this at that point. If there's um, too rapid of growth, I find sometimes the culture of what you're doing, the culture of what you're doing and the nature of your relationship with your clientele at large, if it shifts too rapidly, then I think it's it's hard to, you know, keep a rein on it. But the fact that it's been pretty gradual over years of just having a good practice, really taking time to to vet and and keep on educating and working the team I have, the trainers I work with. It's um, what we do, I think, is, is, is of good enough quality that uh, the, the, that's kind of been one of our biggest proponents as far as growth. You know, I mean, people, when they recognize quality, especially in a neighborhood like this, you got a lot of very successful professional individuals that when they sort of recognize some caliber in what you do, they tell their friends about it. And that's, that's been awesome. Uh, I mean, we do some, you know, monthly AdWords advertising and stuff like that. Uh, social media, which I realized early on, I really hate. I'm just, I'm not good at it. I, I don't know. I, I still don't fully understand how hashtags work. I just, it's not a logic that comes naturally to me. So I, I outsource that as quickly as I could. I found someone uh, who's a, a great admin assistant and a lot of the, the, the minutia of things, but also had a great capacity for that. And she sort of handled that aspect for us. And so when people are investigating and, and doing some research on us, they have like a, a bit that's a very accurate representation of our of our vibe and our, our energy here. Yeah, you definitely, whether you love it or don't love it, you you sort of 
I can say sort of, you absolutely have to have a social media presence. If for anything, just so that people believe you're a real business. If you right. don't, yeah. you know, if you have a website, people, ah, this, this is probably a scam. But if you have social media, all of a sudden people think that you're as legit as it can be. So right. I think, um, you know, it, old cliche, one of the most important or the three most important things in business are location, 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 right? So oh, yeah. being, being almost across from the Barclays Center is going to be, you're just in a buzz of like, you know, the atmosphere there is, is fantastic. And there's so many people. And um, then like you say, foot traffic, and then you throw in a little bit of name recognition and ads and, oh, you're that place that I've been walking by, you know, 20 times a week. So super yeah. cool there. The next phase is always what happens when somebody contacts you and is interested in becoming a client? What does your intake process look like? Who executes it? And and where do you feel it it meshes into your whole client journey? Uh, so I, I think I'm one of uh, maybe three, four total uh, trainers here who are comfortable and a volunteer to handle sales scenarios like that. I mean, so a lot of the trainers that work for me are people that explicitly work for me because they don't like sales scenarios. They, they, they're not good at them. They hated that at other gyms they worked at, they were expected to have to just like cold sell off the floor. And that was a left of sour note in their, in their mouth. And so they've almost explicitly sought me out because I don't put that pressure on them. I can just say, all right, you just come in, be an awesome trainer, give awesome workouts, go home at the end of the day. You don't have to answer emails or phone calls or things like that. So it's, it's me. And uh, like I said, about three other people that handle those, those situations. So people walk in and, and book time for a consultation or they, in, they submit info over a website or whatever it is. I'm one of the first people they'll, they'll interact and talk to. Uh, so it's a free half hour consultation. We, we tour them to the space, sit them down and just have a conversation. We talk about uh their their goals their history uh past interactions they've had with with exercise or sports or trainers or whatnot uh and give them some sense of sort of how we would approach their time and uh, their structure and workout wise and uh and a, a big thing i try to emphasize with, with all that is is really that every client should want to be here with us uh, as much as we want them to be here you know so i'm not big on hard selling uh I, i've i've taken a more specific practice in those sales consultations in the last few years as far as being a little more realistic with people's timelines and expectations uh, sometimes people look to one-on-one -on -one pt and they think this is like uh like a miracle cure like it's, it's such a you know it's a luxury service and so if i'm paying so much money you know i i want to i want to lose 10 pounds for my my trip to turkey in two weeks and that's, so it's, it's me oftentimes having to give them a little more real success of expectations. I try to talk about, um, you know, long-term habits and, and like really committing to the consistency of things. Cause that's, you know, as you get in a lot of our clients, most of our clients are working prof professional adults in their twenties, thirties plus. And that's, that's usually what it is. You're not going to see the crazy transformative month long journeys that are really tenable. It's like, it's, 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 it's chess. It's not checkers, you know? And so I talk a lot about that. I usually past that we offer uh, some low cost intro packs. So they get three sessions for 150, including tax. So that's three one hour long, one hour long training sessions. And based upon that, uh, kind of the, the whole line that I chill out to everybody is um, at the end of those three sessions, if you hate us, you never see us again. And if you love us, you can stay forever. And hopefully more people stay forever than never see you again. Yeah, and that's that's part of like modifying people's expectations from the get-go too. If they have some lofty sense of what we are that's just not accurate, I try to dispel that. And and again, if it's not the right fit, good for them, good for us for not entering into a scenario where we're both like mutually uncomfortable with what's happening, you know. Yeah. You sign somebody up for 10 sessions or 
three months right off the bat. And if they're not a good fit for you, because it's a tryout period for both of you, right? Not right. every client is a great fit. You want to help as many people as you can, but you can't help everybody, right? Not right. everybody's going to be the best culture fit. So it's, it's a good trial test out phase for both sides of things. And I think that it's a, a really cool way to approach it going, you know, very, you know, consultative, setting the expectations, not just saying, Hey, this is what happens. You want to lose 30 pounds here, buy this package. We'll see what right. happens. Yeah. You know, getting, you know, getting, making, yeah. Making lofty promises and stuff like that. I mean, sometimes uh, we aren't what people need and then people come in and they really, what they would more benefit from based upon what they're saying is they should be with a dietitian. Maybe they, should meet with a therapist. I don't know. It's, it's, it's good to recognize, I think, that like there is a certain scope to what you can do as a trainer, and there is also a certain cutoff to just what is out of your wheelhouse. And it's good to respect that and refer out when needed. Yeah, yeah, definitely always good to stay in your lane to the degree is possible, for sure. Right. So there, we have a lot of other things that I'd like to get into, but a limited amount of time. So I think the most exciting thing is on the horizon, you scoping out and looking for a new facility, Tell us what that looks like. Is it just a matter right now of you finding that right location? Is it going to be in the same neighborhood? Is it, do you have to have other things in place before you can make that jump? It's an exciting time, right? To feel like, all right, this is going well enough that I can think about taking my eyes off it a little bit, right? You're never going to fully detach. It's just the nature of how, how these things work. But what do you feel needs to be in place to make that room, uh, make that move you know, what, what's kind of the biggest challenge or challenges left and what do you think puts you in a really good position to do it? Uh, well, I think it's, uh, I mean, essentially in broad strokes, I'm really just trying to copy and paste what I have here. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're like a mom and pop storefront. Uh, I'm not interested in pushing more of a virtual presence or an online presence or coaching or programming or developing my own app or anything like that. So really it's just take what we have here do it again somewhere else. Uh, and so part of that is understanding what makes you successful where you are uh, in terms of what services, what culture you're offering, what, what team you have, and learning like, and understanding the proper steps and timeline to replicate that. Uh, like I said, I went through an extensive mentoring process that I think really enabled me to succeed here and kind of improve upon what was already, what was already established. Uh, and thankfully, I've, I've, I've had an awesome team, many of which has followed me through the last two years, which has not been easy. And um, yeah, I've got an operations guy who is is kind of getting ready to take the helm and, and steer the ship. Uh, you know, I've been talking talking with him in similar ways that I was once talked through to how to, you know, when it's your shop, what you do and how to handle it. And then beyond that, it's been a lot of me actually consciously keeping myself uh, absent here because the idea is you, you know, I, there, there's, there's a lot of uh, metaphor, there's a lot of parallels and metaphors, I think, of analogies of how this is similar to raising a kid where when you've done your job right and you've really put in the time and like like developed it in the way that you want at a certain point you can step back and things actually are better off for it and that's sort of the the current phase that I'm, I'm in right now is making myself less and less available seeing how well the place sinks or swims on its own seeing what kind of new business comes in uh seeing how the the team that's in place handles things and how they deal with uh you know with curveballs and how well the day-to-day -day function stays and how happy clients are with all that and, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, it's, it's all gone well so far. You know, the, this, as, as ever with these things, like nothing's really set in stone until like checks are cut and there's ink, ink wet on paper. But um, yeah, I'm feeling optimistic currently. Awesome. Well, sounds like the, the future is bright there. 
for you and for is it, it are you going to keep the name uh for the new location it's still going to be fifth ave fitness whether you're on a fifth ave somewhere or not no that, that kind of limits my options in other neighborhoods uh yeah but that, I, I don't know it's, it's interesting when you talk about like the like it, I, as much as i love the idea of drastically rebranding i mean this is the culture and this is the vibe that i know so i'm replicating that elsewhere uh, a friend of mine when i first took over here she she mentioned that she uh she's like you know not for nothing but i do own the domain name bettersexfitness.com <laughs> that you know i think if i was opening up in like bushwick or maybe williamsburg or certain neighborhoods like a, a brand like that could do really well but but likely it'll just be some variation and pretty you know family friendly ass kind of vibes for sure for sure well we are just about out of time before i let you go where can people find you where can they find fifth ave fitness what are those social media handles website all that uh, so website is fifthfitness.com. I believe our Instagram handle is the same thing. I'm not sure if we're active on Facebook in any way. I, I, like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a huge proponent of things, but yeah, I think Instagram and website are the two greatest ways to kind of get a sense of what we're about. Uh, we are currently located in Park Slope in Brooklyn, just a couple blocks below Barclays Center on Fifth Ave between Dean and Bergen. And um, hopefully, you know, in less than a year, I'll be able to talk about a second location out in Long Island City in Queens. Absolutely. And if you're looking for Fifth Ave Fitness, it's the number five TH Ave Fitness on Instagram and on the website. So if you spell it out, you might get some other imposter. Fifth Ave Fitness with the number five, right? I think there's a there's a Fifth Ave Fitness in Alaska that we have one Google review they refused to take down that someone is very unhappy with. And I, I tried to like contest it and say, oh, and this isn't us. I'm so sorry. But yeah, so there's one other out there that I'm aware of. I might be unhappy if I thought I was going to Brooklyn and ended up in Alaska too. But yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be distressing. All right. Well, we are officially out of time now. I thank you so much for being on with us today, Travis. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And to everybody out there listening, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending some of your day with us. We hope you found value in this. If you'd like to get notified when new episodes drop, click that subscribe button. If you want to be on the show, Click the link in the description, fill out the form, someone from the team will get in touch with you ASAP. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk real business with real gym owners. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm here with Kristen Reimer, owner of Boco Fit Rage in Troutville, Virginia. How's it going, Kristen? Hi, doing well. Thank you. How are you? 
Doing great. Thank Good. you. Thank you so much for being here, making the time to come on chat with me today. I'm super excited to chat about Boko Fit Rage. So let's jump right into it. Tell Sounds us good. about, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Tell us about Boko Fit and, you know, what kind of services you guys offer? Um, so Boko Fit Rage is a small garage gym. I am the owner and we're not a part of a chain or anything. We do mostly group classes, um, which include strength training, um, flexibility, endurance, et cetera. We use lots of different equipment, um, dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, slam balls, tires, et cetera. Um, and we have, you know, a new workout every day. Um, we're a big family more than anything. I think that's what I'm mostly proud of is that um, we're a big fit family and uh, everyone is very encouraging and welcoming and supportive. And, um, you know, we offer nutrition help as well. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a uh, health coach and focus a lot on nutrition, so. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I love that. You know, as a, as a former CrossFit trainer, I'm definitely group fitness junkie by heart. Yes. Um, you know, this, just the camaraderie. And like you said, the family, it's so high energy, so much fun. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, very cool. So I'm super excited to dig into that a little bit more, but before we dig into what you're doing now, give us a little background on how Boko Fit Rage came to be and how did you know it was the right time for you to go into business for yourself? Well, I have been in and out of gyms all of my life and I had reached a point where I was not going to the gym. I'd gained a bunch of weight and I was miserable. And I started working out again and at a boot camp and that boot camp closed. And I thought, well, I'd really like to keep this going. So we, my business started out in a park with about nine people all outdoors with, you know, some resistance bands. And that was about it. And uh, we just kept growing from there. We moved from the park to um, an apartment building's little tiny gym to outside at this apartment complex and then um, some unfinished office space and then, you know, several other places. We've even had, you know, a couple places where we had to use a porta potty and our people still came. So, um, you know, we finally have a spot um, that is fantastic. But anyway, fitness changed my life and I finally found a good balance of fitness and nutrition. Um, I feel better and I just want everyone else around me to, to have that same experience. So that's why I, just, why I started it. Yeah, awesome. I love that. And I think, you know, most gym owners are trainers by heart um <laughs> and they yeah. so that's that's very cool yeah everyone's kind of getting into the business to help people but then you know quickly realize that a lot more goes into it as a business yes. than they may realize um right it's cool because it sounds like you started things very gradually like you yes. you didn't hop in get in over your head it was just a natural steady progression Yes, we got a little bit of equipment, a little bit at a time. None of our equipment matches. It's just, you know, <laughs> it all works extremely well, but some of it's rusted and it, we don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't care. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. As long as it gets the job done. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like we said, you obviously, you got into this business to help people. People started showing up, you're growing, everything's going along. And then, you know, this little pandemic thing happens, right? 
Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we all got punched in the face with that one. And statistically, about a third of gyms closed. And, you know, unfortunately, I think some still might. So I'm not sure that we know the true fallout of that yet. But, you know, the good thing is you're still here. You're still helping people. Yeah. And so I think, you know, what I and our listeners want to know is how exactly did the pandemic affect you and what did you or are you doing to stay afloat and keep serving people during this time? Right. Um, Well, of course, it affected us. And we immediately transitioned to Zoom classes and the majority of our clients stayed with us and worked out at home with us. And um, I'm just so grateful that they did. And I think they did because we are a family. Um, so we just kept plugging along doing workouts at home. And then, you know, we were able to get back in. We had to, um, we had to start off with a limited number of people in our classes, but our people understood they, you know, we started cleaning more and being more careful. And so for the time we were shut down, it was very difficult, but we hung in there and, uh, now I feel like we're better than ever. So we're very lucky. That that's awesome. I'm so yeah. glad to hear that. Um, okay, very cool. So now that we know that, I do want to kind of switch gears here, get a little more tactical in what you guys are doing in your business right now. So tell us what types of things are you doing to get people interested in coming into your facility? Well, our biggest and best marketing strategy is word of mouth. Um, We live in a small community, and so everybody tends to know everyone, and so that helps tremendously. Our people help promote us um, with their friends and such. And I also try to be a part of the community and do fundraisers. And um, I try to be on TV with a local um, uh, TV station and do as much, you know, in the public as possible. Um, So we're doing, you know, we're just recruiting people into the group fitness classes and into our nutrition program, which is for anyone, you know, whether they're a member or not a member and from anywhere. Um, So we're just continuing to grow and to grow our reputation and to better it. And we just keep getting results from our clients too, which is also very helpful. Um, So I don't, it's just kind of an organic thing that's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. that's, that's fantastic. Sounds like, yeah, you really have covered all aspects of the organic marketing side of thing. Um, Have you ever, or do you ever plan to dabble in any sort of paid advertisements? I have done some paid ads on Facebook, um, but they've never they've never worked very well for me. And I think partly because I don't have a large budget for that. Um, So I have found that just posting a lot of information organically and posting content as well as, you know, the, the pictures of people at the gym really helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Totally understand. Yeah. The Facebook ads definitely can, can end up being a black hole, you know, especially, um, you know, it's it's just such a weird combination of, you know, getting the right algorithms, keywords, images. So it's like, basically, if you're not any sort of like marketing guru, you're, you're, you're in a tough spot there sometimes. Right. Right. Um, Awesome. Well, okay. So as far as, you know, getting people interested, you're sitting at about 70 members right now, correct? Correct. Yes. And you're looking to grow, you know, maybe about 20-ish members or so. That would be fantastic. Um, 
we're, you know, we're a small gym. We don't want to be huge. Um, and we don't want our classes to be wall to wall, um, filled up wall to wall. So, but I still would like to grow because there are things I want to do, um, with the gym and, you know, expand our space and, you know, get more equipment. And so I'm doing this because I love it, not necessarily to make money, although it would be, you know, nice to, exactly. <laughs> to yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's obviously no shame in admitting that we, we are all business owners here. So we know what that's like, you know, first and foremost, right. trying to help people, but you do have to make a living off of it. And honestly, the more money you make, the more people you can help. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So you actually, you kind of covered my, um, my next question a little bit, but, um, you know, I was just kind of wondering, um, you know, trying to get up to like 90 members, how did you arrive at that number? Is it more so because of space confines or staff limitations? Um, you know, just, just tell us about that thought process a little bit. Um, part of it is, you know, the budgeting thing, like what I, I know what I need in order to, um, to make what we need and what we need to expand our space. Um, but also I don't want our gym to be huge. Um, and, you know, I have three other coaches working um, for me and they are unbelievable. Um, but they also have full-time jobs. So, you know, that can be an issue as well. But I, I mean, I think 90 to hundred members would be perfect for us um, without being too, too big so that we can't, you know, we, we have personal communication with all of our clients and help them individually whenever they want it. So I want for us to be able to continue to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, so, you know, with most of your leads coming from word of mouth referrals, I would imagine the process of signing somebody up for the gym doesn't really feel too much like a, like a sale most of the time. Correct. Yeah, I, I'm terrible at sales. I was in ph pharmaceutical sales for a while and uh, I'm not very good at it. So um, I'm happy that people, you know, speak highly of our gym and, and I can rely on that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. That That's super nice. Um, but yeah, so with that being said, though, walk us through the journey of a person from when they raise their hand and say like, hey, you know, I'm interested in joining your gym until they sign up for whatever your new client program is. Sure. Um, so it's very simple. Um, if someone says they're interested, we give them, you know, information, answer questions. Um, they can sign up for a free week if they would like to see if it's a good fit for them. And then if they if they like it and think it's a good fit, all they have to do is sign up. And, um, you know, we're there with them the whole step of the way. And we help, you know, new people like like people come from off the couch to us and we help them with their form and help them with modifications. If they can't run, it's no big deal. You can walk instead, you know, that type of thing. So um, if they're, if they're athletes already, then we can help them make their workouts harder. So, it, I mean, I just keep, we like to keep it simple, very simple. Yeah, absolutely. Totally understandable. It's yeah. Too many options, too many complications, just, yeah. Just confuses everyone. But yeah, I love like what you said. Workouts are infinitely scalable. So, you yes. know, like anyone can walk in and just kind of, is it that they just kind of jump right into your classes or do you have some sort of like introductory onboarding kind of class? They just jump right in. Um, and fortunately, our members are incredibly good at welcoming people and not judging people. Um, everybody that I talk to who just starts, 
tells me they feel comfortable walking in and just starting. So it hasn't been an issue. And I really um, think our coaches and our, our members are why they feel comfortable, you know, coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. So walk us through when someone does join the gym, walk us through um, what your different membership options are and what kind of your price points are. Sure. Um, so we have individual memberships, we have family memberships, and we have drop-ins. And then, so that's for the group class membership, and then the separate membership for uh, the nutrition programs. But for group classes, we, the individual membership is $110 a month for unlimited amount of, or number of classes. And then a family membership, which would include anyone under the same roof, is $165 per month, unlimited. Um, but we also have prepaid memberships for three months, six months, and a year, which are all 10% off of the normal monthly rate. Perfect. Um, yeah. Awesome. So I think what a lot of our listeners, aspiring gym owners may want to know as they're kind of going through and having to decide all these things is how did you arrive at those numbers as far as prices go? Well, that's really hard um, because it's hard to know what people will pay mm -hmm. and to ask people to pay what you're worth. Right. Um, so that's been a really tough one for me. Um, we started off doing six week boot camps um, when we first started. And so we had a set amount for that. Um, and then we transitioned into monthly memberships. Um, and started at a rate, then we dropped our rate and now we're here and we had to add, you know, 10% here recently, but it's been very difficult, but we, you know, looked at the gyms around us and tried to um, uh, set up a price point around that. Uh, you know, we, I'm told all the time we don't charge enough, but it's hard for me. To, it's really hard for me to increase uh, membership prices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, no, I totally understand that. There's, yeah. it, it's one of those things, kind of a catch-22. You want to make it accessible to a lot of people, but you also want to get paid for, for what you're worth. And you do, you are bringing a lot of value to the table. Um, right. So that's, yeah, totally a tricky area. And then once you're established and, you know, you're afraid to ask people for more because you're afraid they're going to leave. Um, so I think you are certainly not alone in that. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So, um, all right. So, oh, though, actually the last thing I was going to ask you about in that thing was, um, as far as your nutrition services, is that included in people's monthly membership or is that an additional cost? Um, the official nutrition programs are an additional cost. However, I do speak with our clients, you know, whenever they have a question, I'm happy to talk to them about it. I just don't provide, um, meal plans, as part of their gym membership. So I have a separate program for that. Um, and we do, I do group programs, like a six week nutrition program. And um, I have a monthly meal plan membership where I give four weeks of meal plans per month for a, for a set fee. And then um, I'm gonna start one-on-one -on -one nutrition uh, coaching in January. So I'm just now starting to, I'm working out the details for that um, and hopefully can figure out the price point and everything within mm -hmm. the next week or so. 
Very cool. I would love to hear a little bit more about, um, you know, what's what sparked that exactly or what made you decide, you know, to move from more of like a, a group. Well, I know you're probably going to keep the group sort of, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, what made you decide to start up the more personalized nutrition program? Well, I think people get overwhelmed um, when it comes to nutrition. And you know, I've had people reach out and say, I want to do this group program, but I have all these issues. I'm picky. I don't like a lot of things. So I was like, well, maybe if I could work with individuals one-on-one, -on -one, we can work together to figure out what they want to eat. Um, if they have, you know, thyroid problems, I can help them or recommend certain things to eat um, while staying within my scope of practice, uh, because I'm not a I'm not a registered nutritionist or dietitian. I am a health coach and nutrition coach. So, um, but I can provide them with meal plans as recommendations of what they can eat. Um, so I just, I don't know. I just thought, well, maybe these one-on-ones would, would help people and then maybe and help them get into the group programming. So. Oh yeah, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, to, as they start to get the hang of it, um, you know, they can kind of move towards a lesser service, but still get that accountability that they yes. need because right. let's be honest, the nutrition <laughs> is a huge, huge part of it. And it's the one part that nobody ever wants to do. <laughs> exactly. Including myself. All <laughs> <know>, right. <laughs> Me too. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, hard thing. Um, all right. Awesome. So um, we talked a little, so you have three other trainers on your staff, correct? I do. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your hiring and training process. Did you hire these trainers from within your own community or did you look externally? Um, I hired them from within our fitness community. Uh, they were members before they came coach, became coaches and, um, they, I prefer that. Like, I don't know if I'll ever have a coach again that hasn't been already been a member at our, at our gym, because I want them to know what the community is all about. Um, and they're incredible that I'm just so lucky to have the coaches that, that I do, or we have, um, because they, I mean, they go above and beyond even when they work full time. Um, but I do require them to have, um, either a personal training certification or group exercise certification. Um, and, since they're already, they were already members, they knew a lot about our programming. Um, and my, our head coach is, is the person in charge of our programming and she does a phenomenal job. Um, and I don't even have to look at the workouts anymore because I know she's, she's doing it, you know, very, very well. So, yeah, that's, that's amazing that you were able to find someone that you have that level of trust with. Cause I hear that a lot from gym owners is they have trouble, letting go of some of the responsibilities, yes. even though they're, you know, they're wearing all the hats, they're up to their eyeballs and things to do, but it's just, it's super hard to let go of that sometimes. Yeah. And I am very lucky because I trust all of our coaches so much and it's incredible. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I love that. That's, I, that's definitely what I like to is pulling from your own community. They're already so familiar with your workouts and what you're doing and the other members. And, you know, and I always say too, that the, the, the fitness part can be taught, yes. but the personality part cannot Correct. be taught. Yes. So it's nice that you're already familiar with how these people are and what their personalities are and how they fit with your community. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah, awesome. Um, okay, so I do want to touch on retention a little bit here. Um, is that something that you track on a regular basis? I don't officially track it, um, but I do focus on it quite a bit, and so do our coaches, and we communicate quite frequently about how people are doing and and you know if they're happy or not happy, et cetera. So um, our retention is very, very good. Um, we rarely, I mean, once people start and they get into it, they tend to stick around, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like, do you guys have like specific systems in place as far as like, you know, like reaching out if people haven't been in, in a while, things like that? Uh, we don't have any specific um, system, but we just communicate a lot. And then, I mean, I'm so lucky our coaches just do it without us even talking about it. And then they'll you know, tell me down, you know, the, a week later, I reached out to so-and-so and they've just been too busy and they're coming back next week. So I'm just so fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> they, they make my job easy. And then, you know, I try to reach out and say, who do I need to contact? Who do I need to reach out to? And then I keep track of who's been in classes and reach out to people that need to be, you know, checked on. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So, you know, we talked, you know, we know how you get people to sign up for the gym, how you sign them up, um, mm -hmm. and how you kind of execute your core offerings of the group training, but let's touch on what else you're doing to add more value to your clients, kind of help them get the most out of their, the relationship. I know you do offer some nutrition services. Do you offer anything else such as, you know, online coaching, supplement sales, apparel sales, things like that? Um, we are still offering Zoom, which has been a big hit. So people can, if they're out of town, they can work out with us, um, you know, via Zoom. But we also have, we um, use MyZone, the MyZone um, okay. heart rate monitoring straps, and we do uh, frequent challenges with those and they're so much fun and um they keep people coming to the gym and um increase camaraderie and and so forth so we do that and then we try to get together outside the gym as much as possible uh too because we're all good friends and and family so i think that helps as well right yeah absolutely yeah. That's, that's but i mean i'm always thinking of ways or wanting different ways to you know give our our members more so I'm always open to new ideas from whoever wants to give them. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, very cool. So we heard a little bit about how you guys got started. We talked quite a bit about what you're doing now exactly. So let's shift our focus to the future. Okay. What are your goals for the next year or two? Do you guys have any specific plans, projects, things that you're working on? Well, um, you know, a goal is to increase our membership by you know, around 20 members for the group fitness. I would like to increase um, the number of people I get into our group nutrition programs. And then also I'm starting a new one-on-one -on -one nutrition coaching program. Um, so I'd like to get some, some clients for that in January. Um, so a goal is to, of course, make more money. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, one of my big goals right now is to extend our space. We um, currently we're in a garage, like a two, two bay garage, but there's a third bay we could possibly rent, which would really make a big difference in the size of our facility. So I'm hoping that, you know, we can grow enough so that I can afford to, to rent that space as well. So that's a big, a big goal. 
Yeah, that would be amazing because yeah. Then, yeah, if you can grow enough to rent out that space and then you have the potential to grow even more. Yes, absolutely. That's fantastic. All right. Okay, Kristen. Well, as we are wrapping up on time a little bit here, I do have one last question for you. And that is, if you could go back and give yourself or our listeners one piece of advice about running your own business, what would that be? Oh, wow. There's so many things. Um, I think the biggest thing is to be okay with making mistakes and to move on from those because I've made some, (laughs) I've certainly made some and it was, um, it was pretty hard to move on, but now I think we've been in it so long that, that I'm okay with making mistakes and learning from it and admitting that it was a mistake. It's not an issue. So. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Fantastic business advice or just general life advice, really. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, very cool. Well, it looks like we are just about out of time here. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Kristen. Um, So before we go, for all of our listeners out there, what's your website and where can we find you guys on social media? Well, the website is bocofitrage.org and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, just bocofitrage, B-O-C-O, fit rage. Um, and yeah, we're, I try to post as frequently as possible. You can reach out to me. I'm happy to answer questions or help if I can. So, all right. Awesome. Well, for all of our listeners out there, thank you for spending some time with us today. We hope you found some value in my conversation with Kristen here. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to click the subscribe button. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, fill out the form, and a member of the team will be in touch as soon as possible. This has been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.